Good morning, Nachum. Good to have Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Tetzaveh. Parshas Tetzaveh, according to the Chinuch, contains seven mitzvos, four positive, and three restrictions. And tomorrow, Mir Hashem, we have the privilege of reading Parshas Zohar. We take out two Sifrei Torah, and from the second Sefer Torah, we read the last three psukim of Parshas Kiseitse, and according to our Chachamim, the reading of Parshas Zohar tomorrow is a biblical mitzvah, meaning that each and every Shabbos, when we read the Torah, that is a rabbinic mitzvah. The rabbis told us that the Jewish people are not to go three days without Torah, Monday morning, Thursday morning, Shabbos morning, and Shabbos afternoon as well. And the reading of the Torah is a mitzvah from the rabbis. Here, the Torah itself mandates Zohar to remember what Amalek did to the Jewish people when we left Egypt. And the paragraph ends with the two words, Lo Sishkach, don't forget. So why is it necessary to write, remember, and don't forget? So our rabbis come to teach us that the word Zohar is not sufficient if a person remembers with their mind, but rather they have to articulate. And the last two words of Lo Sishkach, don't forget, that refers to literally one's heart. One is to harbor in one's heart a hatred for Amalek. And this hatred, as the Torah tells us, is Timcha Zecher Amalek. It is that we are to eradicate the remembrance of Amalek, and this is understood by our rabbis on two levels. The first level is a literal level, that we are to blot out the uh, people of Amalek, namely those people that have as their raison d'etre, their very purpose of life. Their constitution says we want to obliterate the Jewish people, the Jewish state, such as Iran and others that have this as their mantra. So, Timcha Ezechra Molek. But our rabbis teach us, and I strongly recommend that you look at the Rashi on the second verse, Asher Korcha, who chanced upon you, and Rashi brings three interpretations as to what Amalek did to the Jewish people. That will help us understand that Amalek is not only a people, but it's also a philosophy of life, which amutes Hashem. If we have a little bit of time, I'll try to come back to and elaborate thereon. There is an interesting machlokas between the Chinuch and the Minchas Chinuch as to whether or not women are obligated in this mitzvah. According to the Chinuch, 
he connects the first pasuk of Zohar with the last pasuk of Timcha, of obliterate. And since women do not go to war, therefore he says that women are not obligated in the mitzvah of uh, Parshas Amalek, Parshas Zohar. The Minchas Chinuch says, how do you know that these two mitzvos, the positive of remembrance and the restriction of lo tishkach, don't forget, how do you know, and the restriction of killing them out, how do you know that this is, that they are interrelated? And therefore, the Minchas Chinuch says that women are obligated, and therefore women, if they can, go to shul to hear Pasha Zohar, they should definitely make an effort to so do. <clears throat> now, I'd like to uh, go in order and discuss the forthcoming holiday of Purim to understand that we read Pasha Zohar on the Shabbos before Purim because Haman HaRasha in the Megillah is called Haman HaAgogi. He is a descendant of Agag who appears in the Haftorah that as soon as Shaul becomes king of Israel, Shaul is given the opportunity to fulfill the biblical mitzvah of Timcha Ezechar Amalek. Unfortunately, he does not do the complete job, and as a result of that, he loses his melucha, his kingship. Okay, now, Emir Sashem, we go to this coming Monday, which is Tanis Esther. We fast on Tanis Esther, number one, to recall that as we find in the Megillah, the Jewish people fasted and davened, which is the primary purpose of the fast, prior to Esther's going to the Melech Achashverosh. And interestingly, the Rambam in his introduction to his counting and enumerating the mitzvos in his Yad HaZaka says that mitzvos which are Durabanon have a source in the Torah and where is the source for uh, Purim in the Torah interestingly make a note of this if you can write in Devarim Fifth book of the Torah, chapter 4, verse 7. Wow. Umi kimi goi godol, who is such a great nation, ashalo elokim, krovim a love, that has this close personal relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, kashem elokinu, bechol koreinu a love. Our calling to him, he responds. So Purim, while we are busy in the four mitzvahs of the day, which we'll address in a moment, Purim is a Yom Tfilah. Oh, it's a day that reminds us 
that our prayers are effective and there is, quote, somebody listening and not only listens, responds to our prayers. Others say that the reason we fast on Tanis Esther, the 13th day of Adar, this was the day that when Haman drew his lots, it came out that he would, God forbid, exterminate the Jews, annihilate the Jews on the 13th of Adar, as we are taught at the end of the Megillah, the day became literally turned around and we were given permission to defeat our enemy and Listen carefully, we're taught in the ninth chapter of the Megillah that we killed out 75,000 of Haman's supporters, our enemy, and we did not lose a man. And I remember my Rebbe, Ravaran Kreiser, Sechrola Levracha, pointed out and said to me, Binyamin, that's a miracle. We didn't lose a man. And to demonstrate that it's not we who were the fighters. Yes, we went through the motions, but it was HaKadosh Baruch Hu who brought us this incredible victory. We showed that we did not eat on the day that we went to war. Counterintuitive. You would think that the soldier should eat a big breakfast. Wheaties, no, we fasted to demonstrate that the victory comes from Hashem and doesn't come from us. Those who can fast this Monday, healthy people should fast. If someone cannot fast, they should not fast. Pregnant and nursing women do not have to fast. Tanis Esther. Okay, this coming Monday evening, prior to the reading of the Megillah, there is a minog in Klai Yisrael that we give Zecher the Maxis Hashekel. We give a remembrance of the Maxis Hashekel, the half denomination of whatever currency a person finds himself in the United States the primary currency is the dollar so we give three half dollars as the word truma is found three times in Parshas Kisisa next week's Shabbos reading and the idea is one picks up these three half dollars they're found in every Beisach Knesses one lifts them up, it becomes yours. You put them down and you say, Zecher, a remembrance of the Machtis HaShekel, that please God, soon, soon, we'll all be able to give in order to facilitate the communal korbanos. And the custom is one gives tzedakah at that time, accompanying the giving of the Zecher, the Marxist, HaShekel. 
Okay, Emir Hashem coming Monday night and Tuesday. We have the mitzvos of Purim, and number one comes the reading of the Megillah this coming Monday night and Tuesday. Now, the obligation of hearing the Megillah is on men women, even though technically speaking it's a positive mitzvah which is governed by time and therefore women should be exempt but the Gemara teaches us in Megillah that women are obligated in this mitzvah as well because they too were included in the miracle either this is to be understood that the decree of Haman was Hashmid Larog Ula Abed to God forbid destroy men, women, and children, and therefore they too are obligated in the recitation of or the hearing of we'll get to that in a moment of the Megillah. And the idea is that the Megillah itself is one, Pursume Nisa, publicizing the miracle of God orchestrating all the different events that take place uh, in the Megillah. And the idea is that the Megillah is a form of Hallel that we say thank you. We don't say Hallel on Purim. And the Gemara gives three reasons. And one of the reasons is that Kriyasa Zuhi Lula, that the very reading of the Purim story is a form of Hallel saying thank you to Hashem. In order to understand that, we have to appreciate that before we read the Megillah, we recite three blessings. The first one is Al Mikra Megillah, that we are going to read and fulfill the rabbinic mitzvah of reading the Megillah. The second Sha'asa Nisim, that God performs miracles for our people by Amim Ha'im in yesteryear, Basmanazeh at this time. And the third bracha is thanking Hashem for bringing us to thank God another Yom Tov. The second bracha Sha'asa Nisim is basically reminding us. While well, one could look at each of the ten chapters of the Megillah and say each one is a quote, just so happens, just so happens, chapter one that the king got drunk, just so happens, and gets rid of the queen. Chapter two, we need a new queen, a beauty contest, Esther happened to be an attractive woman. And we go on and on through the ten chapters of the Megillah. Where's the miracle? The idea is that we should realize before we start and as we read that all the different happenings throughout the Megillah, all this is being orchestrated by HaKadosh Baruch Hu every step of the way and therefore it's a reminder to us, a living recognition of that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not just the creator, but he is the one who literally pulls all the strings that happens to us individually and collectively 
as a people. Women, according to the uh, Shulchan Aruch, are obligated to hear the Megillah and and not to read the Megillah. Now, very clearly, that simply means if a woman can, she should hear the reading of the Megillah in the synagogue together with the men because at that time they're going to hear the Megillah from someone who is obligated to read it. If a woman cannot come to shul, so the Megillah is read for her at home. If women cannot come at the time that the Megillah is read in the shul, a separate reading is done for them. But at that time, the blessing is the Shmoa, to hear the Megillah as opposed to Al-Mikra Megillah. The reading of the Megillah by day is more important than the reading of the Megillah by night. It doesn't mean that you should avoid the Megillah by night, and you shouldn't say to yourself, at least I heard it at night, but according to the, our rabbis, the reading of the Megillah at night is Mitra Banon, a mitzvah from the rabbis, and the meeting, reading of the Megillah by day is a fulfillment of a mitzvah from Medivrei Kabbalah, meaning from the prophets. If one cannot be in shul for the reading of the Megillah, they should contact their rabbi to please make sure that the Megillah can be read for them at home or the different times to accommodate and everybody should please God be able to fulfill the mitzvah of Mikra Megillah. The Megillah could be read, is read Monday night the entire night and on Tuesday the entire day. In addition to the mitzvah of reading the Megillah, there are three other mitzvahs which apply to Purim day, and they are the following. One, Matonos Evionim, that the Talmud teaches us that the poor aspire and anxiously await the reading of the Megillah, knowing that as we are taught in chapter 9 in the Megillah, Matonos Evionim, giving gifts of charity to the poor, to at least two poor persons, is a way of our demonstrating our simcha, our joy. The Jew does not celebrate just by himself and his immediate family. He celebrates with others. And therefore, every Jewish man and woman is obligated to give money or food to at least two poor persons, right? Now, if there are no poor people available that you know, then speak to your Rav. He will be able to have the money distributed to the poor on Purim. Or if not, then put it aside and you'll give it to poor people afterwards. But you should designate and separate this money for the poor on um, Purim. In addition to Matonos, the Evionim of monetary gifts to the poor, there is the obligation, the mitzvah of Mishloach Monos, 
which means that we are to send to at least one person two different varieties of food and the idea is two reasons number one to increase friendship Haman accused the Jewish people of being separate and not concerned one for another so we demonstrate our concern by sending gifts and secondly to make sure that um, everybody has enough food for their Purim Su'uda, the last of the four missiles, which is the festive meal that we eat on Purim Day. And therefore, I can tell you that if you only are going to be sending one Mishloach Manos, or try to send one, not just of a uh, piece of pastry and a bottle of wine, that would be saying, I wish you can come to my meal. I just cannot have you at my table. Here is an extension of my dessert. Otherwise, if you can, send to at least one person a piece of meat, chicken, a piece of kugel, basically giving them a meal. It's an extension of your meal. But be it as it may, all one has to do is give one Mishloach Manos. If one gives more, it is certainly better, increasing our concern and care one for another. Finally, the Purim Su'uda, which is held during the day, uh, sunset this coming Tuesday is approximately 6 o'clock, so one should start their meal well in advance that you're not starting it right before sunset but start at least an hour before that a good part of the meal should take place on the day of Purim. We're all aware that there is a mitzvah to drink more than one usually does on Purim day then and at the meal of Purim not um, the mitzvah is not to forgive me, get drunk. And we have to train and teach our children the proper way of observing Purim and to understand what is the true spirit of the day. And God forbid, not only are we saying one should not drink, quote, and drive, chas v'shalom, but more important, to drink in a fashion that's going to bring out, God forbid, the worst in us, that is contrary to the very day of Purim. So please, it's very important that parents uh, instruct and direct their children that we are to appreciate and celebrate this day, but to do it in the proper fashion. I just want to conclude with one very important Rashi on the reading of Pasha's Zohar, tomorrow that the Torah describes Elokim, that he did not fear God. Who's the he? So the you could read the text in the Pasuk to think that refers to the Jewish people. However, Rashi tells us no no no. Elokim refers to Amalek. Wait a minute. Which yeshiva did Amalek go to that he should have learned ah, that he is to be God-fearing? And the answer is each and every Jew. God gave to Noah seven basic mitzvahs, and the first two of those seven basic mitzvahs are 
the prohibition of idolatry, to recognize that there is Hashem in this world, and to birkas uh, Hashem, to have respect and reverence for God. So the idea is that we recognize our responsibility is the sakain olam b'malchus shakai. Our responsibility is to make this world a better world. A Malik, unfortunately, who says it's all a hefker, this world is a freedom, meaning there's no one in charge. He's the antithesis of Yorei Elohim. And therefore, it's so important that we should be proud of our mission in this world, making this world a better world, being our partners with God in the process, and to remember Timcha Ezechar Amolek. We do it literally in the right time with Mashiach when he comes to lead us in war against Amalek. That is one way, but by teaching our children right from wrong, that's an additional form of Timcha Ezechar Amalek. I take this opportunity of wishing everybody a wonderful Shabbos. Enjoy, and Amir Hashem, enjoy the mitzvot of the day of Purim. Shabbat Shalom to all.